Are you okay? Don't care. Great. Bring on the bubbly. Babe. <laughs> hey guys, this is Are You Okay with Teeny Lewis. This episode is brought to you by Smooth My Balls. Next level grooming for the next level man, or anyone with balls for that matter. Body and below the belt grooming in a whole new ball game. The perfect gear to upgrade your grooming routine and help you grab life by the balls. Traditional razors suck balls. This no scrape technology saves them. Shaving your body and below the belt should not be a task where you have to worry about nips and cuts. The Turf Chopper 3.0 features no scrape technology so you never have to nip that sack again. Not only is it eco-friendly and travel-friendly with the rechargeable USB, but it's also water-resistant. Take it in the shower in the sink and your trimmer will be safe so you do not have to think. Smooth My Balls ships worldwide. The shipping is completely free and tracked with discreet packaging. They offer free replacements if anything goes wrong within a year so you're in the clear. Now you're probably wondering why the hell is Teeny pushing a ball trimming kit? Well, folks, I want to be able to do my job correctly, and I can't really do that when there's an Amazonian forest growing down there. So whether you've got balls or you're with someone who's got them, take advantage of this exclusive offer for the podsters. Head on over to smoothmyballs.com to check out their mandate and their products. Choose from the Turf Chopper 3.0 or the Pube Muncher 1.0 and use the code RUOK at checkout for 15% off your first order. That's the code RUOK at checkout for 15% off. Letter R, letter U, letter O, letter K, smoothmyballs.com. Let's go. Welcome back. Podsters season two and I can tell you guys right now four weeks away from this mic and I am so not okay I missed it and I missed you guys and I'm just so happy to be here with a fresh new perspective and if you're tuning in for the first time you are not okay and you're about to be even more not okay but you're about to be the best version of yourself because you want to know why guys week after week the theme of this season is leveling up. We're going to become the best versions of ourselves. We're going to level up week after week with new content and new guests, and we're going to peel back those layers. We're going to challenge ourselves, and we're going to put on new ones. Don't care. Great. Summer is here, and we are queer. Happy fucking Pride Month. Love is love. We can see the end of the tunnel, the light, the luminescent light coming out of it here in Toronto. People are getting vaccinated. I cannot wait to kiss my waiter. Like, I just can't wait to order a nacho that I can make better at home. Like, it's just going to be an amazing summer. I can feel it. It may be a little slower than we want, but we've got to step into this new phase with gratitude. That's all we can do because let me fucking tell you, do I have a fresh perspective on things? Obviously, everything is relative. People have had it way worse than me, but I just feel better. And I feel better because I've chosen to feel better. And I do kind of want to touch on some things from last season. Now, we had an epic time. Thank you to all of my guests. I love each and every one of you and you brought something different week after week. Now I talked a lot about manifestation which is incredible and which is important but I do want to call myself out a little bit because it felt a little manic. Now what I mean by manic manifesting is that you're like constantly like I want this, I want this, I want this, I deserve this, I need this, this is what I want. I'm writing it down and I'm putting it in the jar and I'm thinking about it and I'm meditating on it and those are all incredible things but sometimes you got to relax and you got to be patient and you got to trust the universe and trust your timing and believe that it's for the greater good of all. So now with that perspective in mind, it's like looking at manifesting my goals, and my dreams for the greater good for all to know that there's enough to go around and that my time will come and that if I keep working smarter, not harder, it'll be that much easier. Look at us go already. Two minutes in and leveling up. So I've got quite the guest in store for us today. Um, I've got merchandise coming in a few weeks. So stay tuned for that. We will be able to sport that we're not okay. And um, 
the first 15 minutes of this interview, guys, is more or less getting to know our guest and our relationship, how we met. We've got some great advice for long-distance relationships. We kind of lived that parallel journey together. So whether you're coupled up or single, you're going to take away from something from that uh, conversation. And then the second half of the episode, the bigger half, I should say, is about feminism. Feminism 101, feminism for dummies, whatever you want to call it. Now, I understand that that term has been somewhat vilified and maybe some of us are more familiar with the whitewashed version of feminism. So my guest, who is a dear friend of mine, dismantles that. And she uses intersectionality to operate through all of these different circles and she's going to give us five things, the big five of feminism to mature our feminism and to, again, level the fuck up. I'm so excited to have her here. She's constantly making me think. She's constantly making me learn. And she's also going to share with the podsters how feminism informs her life on a day-to-day basis. Now, I'm sure these topics and this subject can be somewhat uncomfortable or unfamiliar, or maybe it's intimidating. And I invite you to ask yourself why. And then I invite you to listen all the way through because I promise you're going to come out on the other side with a different perspective on at least something. Now my guests DMs are always open as are mine so please welcome to the Are You Okay stage Jennifer Arfston. She is a Colorado native currently living in New York City. She is a performer, a fitness professional, and an aspiring troublemaker. She has said that her goal in both her artistic and fitness careers is to inspire women to take ownership over their own narrative and love themselves to new levels. Okay. Is she okay? Fuck no. Let's go. Okay, Podsters. I have my very first guest of season two. Okay, everyone. Welcome, Jen Arfston. Ah. Hello. I feel so blessed to be a season <laughs> opener. My Lord. Hello, podsters. It's about the closest so thing we are getting to a Jays season opener over here in Canada. No sporting oh. events to attend. Actually, that's a lie. They did let some front uh, line workers attend the Habs Leafs game the other night, but oh, bless. go sports. Am I right, Jen? I love them. guys this this episode's gonna get competitive it's gonna get down and dirty it's gonna get physical see i'm a little rusty i'm a little feisty jen that's what we want that is what we want don't hold anything back i'm not okay okay never not once in your life (laughs) (laughs) but what i will say is jen is like the most okay but the most not okay girl i know does that make sense i was thinking about that i was like i might be the only one on the pod so far who is kind of okay but not okay in a different way exactly (laughs) and the reason why guys is jen and i go back i would say what four years now Oh my gosh. So we met um, rehearsing here in Toronto for a cruise ship and we hit it off, I would say almost immediately. As much as I fucking adore her and love our relationship and how parallel it has been and how much we have learned from each other, I don't want Jen on my podcast. I need Jen on my podcast. (laughs) She's shaking her head. So let me kind of just segue as to why, guys, podsters, and then I will give Jen the floor. So Jen, for lack of a better word, is the most woke person I know. (laughs) Do you like that word, Jen? I I don't love it, but just because I feel there's a lot of baggage with it. But I, to be fair, I don't have another one that I would use. That's what I mean. (laughs) Yes. You're just so, you are just so aware. Again, I'm rambling, but essentially guys, what I'm getting at is Jen was the one who taught me how to truly be a feminist and how to embrace that kind of fiery, um, that lack of knowledge that I had surrounding the topic. And Jen is also an activist and she is a fellow performer. She's extremely talented. Um, So let me just kind of give her the floor to tell her, to tell all the podsters who she is. Oh, that was a very, very generous intro. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. 
And mm-hmm. I'm so stoked to be here, my lord. Um, yes, I am an actress. I'm a fitness professional. Um, I'm a bar instructor, and uh, I have my own personal training company. So I kind of do a lot of things right now. Yeah. Um, I'm from the states, originally from Colorado, and now I am based in New York City. Um, and kind of just juggling everything all at once is kind of what it feels like. Yeah. So tell the podsters where you're at right now, though, because you're not in New York City. Correct. I am upstate. I'm actually as close to you as I could get, basically. I know it's brutal. So close. And yet Um, I am in upstate New York in Naples um, doing my first one woman show. I did not not write it. (laughs) Um, It is a show that already existed. um, And I will be performing for Bristol Valley Theater this month. So bunch of fun playing a bunch of characters and just losing my mind on stage. Truly not okay no no you really just are something else like you just are so you are being very kind right now damn I know but I'm just trying to kind of prepare everyone for what we're gonna get into because we're gonna get fucking deep and we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna like set off some some light bulbs right so Jennifer my (laughs) very first memory of you So Jen, like I said earlier, um, was the swing on our contract together. And she was a little bit late to the rehearsal process, just, you know, for whatever reason. And, you know, it's the weekend. We're done rehearsals. We're all out having fun. And Jen is literally teaching herself the shows on a Saturday and a Sunday. And I'm like, damn, I feel bad for her. Like, she has no idea what she's in for. Lo and behold, she showed me, man. Like she came back the next day and like knew the entire show. And I was like, this bitch is not fucking around. Okay, I'm good. Let's go. Friendship begun. Oh, what is hysterical is that in reality, you showed me what was what. Because I have, there's not many people that I have a visceral memory of like my first look at them but for you of course I do we're rehearsing a very certain show where teeny is playing a certain crazy villain I think we're all familiar and (laughs) it's my first day I have landed in Canada they drive me to the rehearsal studio I sit down my first moment she literally does a little turn onto the stage and is you were more than 110 percent I was fresh out of school. I had graduated a month ago and it was a defining moment in my performing career of just looking and understanding that, okay, these people are not fucking around. Like get here, (laughs) be full out. This is the level that is expected. Like I am not just saying this. It was a really big moment for me. It was a big shift. I did not know what to expect. And it was this, it was the first thing I saw. And I just was like, this is where I need to be at and that's what's expected and you set that expectation and so it was it was exactly this is exactly what happened I am not making this up I was very I was truly inspired but then I also was like she's not okay no (laughs) babe most people who have witnessed those rehearsals know (laughs) <laughs> I think it's one thing to see it with all the bells and whistles. Of it's course. another thing to see the level that you had when we're just in a, a blank room. You had like kind of a little shawl thrown over you. It's not the same as seeing it with everything and all the lights and all the action, but seeing you go that hard without any of the bells and whistles is what made it so impressive. Oh. And so Oh, Jen, you're just making me miss it. I miss it. And that's the thing, right, guys? As much as this episode is about, you know, we've, again, I'm going to say it again, feminism 101, (laughs) performing arts, which is how we met and is something that we share and it's who we are and it's our career. It's like, you got to know your strengths. And Mm. Jen, if I'm being perfectly candid with you, like I'm not the best sight reader. I'm not the best harmonizer. I work really hard to get there, but my strength is that full out. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, Mm -hmm. how cool that two women could sit in a room and notice each other's strengths and be proud of those and learn from that and not butt heads, not be jealous. Exactly. Oh, we're going to get into that. But you and you exactly pointed out mine. Mine is not coming in and being great at it. Mine is I will put in the time on the weekend and do that extra hour of work to make sure next time I come in, 
it's it's perfect it's good so that is interesting that we both clocked we were like different but good got it let's I go I know and it's so true like I'm not lying about that I know you're not lying about that either and I think I think that it, what's interesting is that we connected at the precipice of becoming who we were meant to be so yeah. it's fun it's not that we met like oh we're fully formed adults it was we were right on the edge of big changes and that we connected and we're kind of still sorting through the old and then got to be with each other as we embrace the new I think is really special I also think that I just got to see sometimes a side of you that not everybody gets to see which is really fun for me whether that was our little thing that we got to do together we had gratitude notebook that we did together (laughs) I bought Jen this book. Well, we, I bought one for each of us called the happiness lists. I think lists of yes, happiness yeah. or something. And like what? Once a week we would meet in the dressing room after our cruise. Once a cruise. Once, Once a cruise. cruise. So okay. twice a week. We were serious. Twice a week. And we would do a happiness list and we would review it with each other. <laughs> It was honestly very pure. It was very, it was a vulnerable thing to do. And I think not that you are not a vulnerable person. I think you've grown more into your vulnerability, but you're so life of the party and so up, up, up that, that it was wonderful and a wonderful experience to see you just kind of grounded and like just there with me one-on-one talking about things that we just wouldn't get into on the day to day. Totally. And speaking of the dressing room and like how I knew Jen wasn't fucking around. Okay. Mm You know, she talks about landing in Canada and now we're on the ship. And I was, you know, the only Canadian that contract. Um, I was surrounded with an American cast and Trump had actually just gone into power. 2016, friends. Without getting too political here, I think it's pretty obvious what Jen stands for. Um, You had delivered your ballot from Florida. I remember Mm -hmm. that. I remember Mm -hmm. you sending it off. I remember you and your close friends on the contract sending it off. And voted for Hillary Rodham Clinton, saying it with my chest. Yes, girl. And Jen's (laughs) actually met her. I have. My queen. I love her. Yes. So, you know, you were very vocal about it. Everyone was quite vocal about it. Let's not get it twisted. We're artists. Like, hello. And um, once he had gotten into power, it was a very emotional night and people were crying and people were devastated. And I'll never forget Jen in the dressing room being like, but did you vote? Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Listen, I, I am a... I'm a proud Democrat, a proud um, follower of all things political, and it's it's tough. I get it, and I am I am happy to say that the last four years I think have changed things within our specific age group. That people have definitely realized, okay, here are the rules. Here's the rules that we want to change. Here's the rules that we're going to abide by. People have stepped up. But at the moment, I was definitely frustrated to see, you know, some of the numbers that were close. And it was like, yeah. hey, I know you're mad now. Did you listen to me when I told you, like, are you actually registered? Did, did you vote? Like, so yeah, I might not be okay. <laughs> Girl, I'll never forget it. And you know me, I love a little drama. I'm like, oh, she did not just say that. And I'm like, but you're right. And you're not afraid to make those calls. Like you're not afraid to stand up for what you believe in. And so guys, Jen and I met our current partners and it's so funny. I'll never forget. You went teeny. I met someone. And then like, I think maybe like three months later, I was like, Jen, I met someone. And Jen goes, welcome to team stupid. And I was like, it feels so fucking stupid. Like, punch me in the face. Like, I need to be single. Girl gang for life. I remember you semi-freaking out. And I was so happy that you were with me. (laughs) And that we could say, wait a second. What are these feelings? What is going on? But you know what? As I said then, I'll say it now. I wouldn't want to be with someone who didn't turn my world upside down. And so I was, I was stoked that it was happening to you too. And that we were kind of navigating how to be these fiercely independent people that we are suddenly in these relationships. 
Yeah. And so it's interesting because you did long distance and then I did long distance and for the podster's sake, because we're always trying to level up here on, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Um, what is your best long distance advice, Jen? Do you have anything? Do you something you wish you had done differently, et cetera, et cetera? Yes. Um, my partner and I were, were pretty new. We did nine months of long distance after barely dating for a couple months. Um, <laughs> terrifying. Yes. I was terrified for you. Everyone should clench. Um, I mean, I was so insanely in love with him and I still am, but I wasn't able to channel that correctly at mm-hmm. the time. And I know it's going to sound so basic to say communication, but what I would really advise is saying, say to learn your love language and your partner's love language, and then try your best to figure out how to make those virtual. Yeah. Now, in, that's important in person. And then it's important af- from afar. Like there are so many things now I, I know my partners and I know what yeah. he needs and it might be, I can, I can speak his, but then I need him to affirm me in mine or I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it the way he's going to get it. And so you don't say <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's so hard though, because truly both sides of the partnership can be trying, but if you don't, if you're not trying in the way that speaks to your partner, it's not going to be received. You're not so, doing anything. Right. It's just going to kind of go. And, you know, I had to learn that the hard way to be more specific. I am words of affirmation. My partner mm-hmm. is not. So Same. I just be sending words, 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 words. And it does not compute with him at all. You're um, like, I'm sending this so that you could fucking send it back. <laughs> so it's about, <laughs> it's about, it's hard. It's hard. And we still, we still have to work on it to this day, it's, but it's helpful when you know it about yourself so you can vocalize it. So they're, yeah. not doing, they're not doing any type of, you know, mind reading. Mind reading is hard enough, but especially then from afar, you can't figure out what someone's thinking. So try to communicate, try and tell them. And then this is a little side note, but especially for artists, because we go through episodes of being separated, you know, like yeah. together, gone, together, gone. I think you should save up the things that just you love and make that a time of like reconnection with yourself so right now me and my partner are separated it's just for a month and we both had things that I was like I'm gonna do that in June when I'm gone and I'm so excited I'm gonna watch the crown because I know you don't really want to watch it and that's fine I want to watch it so I'm gonna do that by myself and he had all these plans and so specifically now we snap into this just high efficiency mode of kind of feeding our own selves and keeping our own individuality going. Totally. It's not that we couldn't, not that we couldn't do it while we're together, but there are some things that I'm like, this is more fun when I do it by myself. And yes. so you save that up and have it be kind of a just fulfilling time for you on your own. Um, so I found that to be helpful. We've talked a lot about how we met as strong women, knowing who we are and kind of breaking down those barriers and shedding that skin and leveling up and then being in these relationships and then being confronted with long distance. Like I will never forget when I got the call that I would be going away. I was like, I felt sick, Jen. Mm -hmm. I felt sick when you, when I sat across from you and you were like here in Toronto, like we're about to do nine months. And I, I felt sick for you. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh. And like, maybe some people can relate to that and maybe you can't, but I do want to challenge the podsters. Like, are you with someone who, if you were given the opportunity of a lifetime, would they be supportive and vice versa? Would you be supportive? And if you're not, ask yourself why, because that's usually going to lie within you and your own security. So one tidbit that I can give without sounding like a preacher um, is this. The minute I accepted that this was my reality, and that I was going to be away whether I liked it or not, I had fun. I embraced it. I just, I kind of woke up one day and was like, I'm tired of being sad if missing my boyfriend. I hate myself for it. That's so not me. But I'm in love with him. And he's a huge part of my world and my life now. And that's amazing. And he's going to be there when I get home. And like, if we're meant to be this will only just make us stronger. And I know it's cliche, guys. I know it's basic. I know it's tacky, but it's true. 
I I want to commend you for making that choice. Yeah. Because honestly, I never got there. I know. I a long nine months. That's the best advice I can give pudsters. And again, I'm I'm gonna say it again. You know, the person you're meant to be with will support you, will live your dreams with you. It's not always gonna be easy. Are you kidding? Like I sit here because I'm on the receiving end of it. But if the world, like if the roles were reversed, I it might take me a little longer. But that's okay, right? That's my own insecurities and like my trauma and my damage from past relationships, right? So, anyways, we're getting into relationships. Are we okay? I don't know. As we continue to level up here on Are You Okay, it's equally as important to give back. And it's super important to me to work with brands that align with my vision. Four Ocean is a remarkable organization. And if you aren't already familiar with them, you're about to be. Four Ocean was founded on the belief that business can be a force for good and that the single actions of individual people collectively have the power to change the world. As both a public benefit corporation and certified B Corps, they're committed to ending the ocean plastic crisis. While their professional full-time captains and crews recover harmful marine debris that's already polluting the ocean, they also work to stop plastic pollution at its source by educating people about this global crisis and empowering them to end their dependence on single-use plastic. Every Four Ocean product purchased comes with their one pound promise to pull one pound of trash from the oceans, rivers, and coastlines. Every purchase helps fund their global ocean cleanup operation and supports a growing movement to end the world's reliance on single-use plastic. Okay, podsters. If you're looking for a way to help, this is your chance. Head on over to fourocean.com. That's the number four followed by ocean.com and take advantage of my exclusive discount and pull one pound of trash from the ocean. Okay. Shop any of their products from apparel to drinkware or join the clean ocean club with me and be a part of the only monthly bracelet subscription that gives back entirely and pull one pound of trash from the ocean month after month. Head on over to fourocean.com and use are you okay at checkout to receive 10% off your entire purchase. That's are you okay at checkout, letter R, letter U, letter O, letter K for 10% off. You want to know what's really not okay is the damage that we as humans have done to our beautiful coastlines and our oceans. Help end the global crisis today and follow Four Ocean on Instagram at Four Ocean. And we're back. Okay, podsters, I've got my very first Are You Okay drinking game coming up. Every time Jen, my guest, says the patriarchy in this next segment, you're going to drink. Let me know how you're feeling by the end of this. Again, Jennifer Arfston, the woman behind the original Girl Gang. I'm wearing my Girl Gang t-shirt right now. That's okay? right. She is wearing her hat that says... I'm speaking. I wish I was kidding. She's not okay. And I want to give you the floor, Jen, to tell the podsters what is feminism. Wow. What a gift. (laughs) So (laughs) big giant disclaimer at the top uh, is that I am a white cisgender and hetero woman. Uh, And there are certainly blind spots that I don't know about. Um, so forgive me where I misspeak and, you know, literally reach out and DM me because I want to know if you found yeah. something, you know, too white privilege for, for lack of a better term. Um, also to forgive me if some of this discussion operates within the gender binary. Um, obviously society isn't real. Gender norms are made up. So that's a big disclaimer just to know that we obviously here on the pod believe in the spectrum. Uh, but some of this conversation will operate within the binary. Uh, luckily, you know, here in the year of our Lord, 2021, I feel that most reasonable people interacting with progressive society are familiar with equality towards the genders. Um, I don't know if they would label themselves as feminists, uh, as that word has been vilified. But I think if you ask the average person, like they would say they believe men and women are fundamentally equal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. I thought I did. Does that make sense? We'll get there. Yes. Yes. But there's a lot of misconceptions. Yes. So you get that word and then a what a bunch of things come to mind. A bunch of visuals come to mind. Um, So I think a fundamental one, a fundamental misconception is that feminism is women over men. 
instead of equality, that it's about hating men. Um, And what I'd love to point out is that's so funny because that's once again, patriarchy trying to center itself, even in a movement (laughs) that's supposed to be about elevating women, the patriarchy tries to center itself. So fucking annoying. (laughs) Um, And I'd like to believe that everyone knows what the patriarchy is, but Jen, can you just give a quick um couple word description onto what that is in case we do have somebody who's like wait a second i don't know what that is yeah lord oh lord how to even (laughs) (laughs) the patriarchy is the systemic structures everything within society that says that men are superior to women um Mm -hmm. and that is going to manifest socially economically higher paying jobs you know All the things that we know. Thank you for covering that. Okay. Absolutely. If you are wondering what my belief system is, the catchphrase is, it's always the patriarchy. Basically, (laughs) any societal ill can be traced back to the patriarchy. Um, I know. And that's the thing, babe. We threw, not to interrupt you, but like in the dressing room, you know, first couple months of knowing you, you just throwing that word around, not even throwing it around, fucking just you could, you would have painted it on the walls if you could. I don't think I ever said that word so much in my life. And yeah, it just fueled my knowledge. So keep going, keep going. Uh, So going through the misconceptions, you know, of what feminism is not, I think people try to paint feminists as rejecting femininity, uh, that we want okay. to be, we want to be men that we hate pink. We don't want to wear bras. We'll kick you in the balls. If you hold the door open for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is again, misogyny because you're implying that they're opposites, that being feminine and powerful are mutually exclusive. It is once again, the patriarchy trying to center itself. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Where is your soapbox? Continue. I'm already on it. I'm always <laughs> on it. I never get off. Uh, so I think I've been so intrigued by what you said, which is just saying, like, I thought that I knew. I thought okay. that I was on this, this level. And what I, I think that we as women are familiar with the idea of, like, girl power. Yeah. And that is kind of the, for lack of a better term, whitewashed version of it. Yeah. Um, We're pretty familiar with white feminism, which is just this idea of like, yeah, girl boss, let's go. Let's go. I don't mean to mock that, but I mean to say that it's a sterilized version of what feminism actually should be, which is an intersectional movement for the betterment and equality of all people. Um, Yes. And so it's just much bigger and it's much fuller. It's much more inclusive than the white feminist version of go queen, go. There's a huge amount of conditioned, internalized misogyny. Misogyny obviously is hatred of women. Um, And that word hatred, it sounds so intense. So intense. People wouldn't say like, I don't hate women. I am a woman. Of course you don't. You wouldn't say that you we're cognizant about this, but you've been conditioned and fed so many messages of hatred towards women that you don't even realize how much you've internalized that. I say you, and I also mean me, all of us, all of us operated within this society. You have been raised in a way that teaches you to view women as lesser. And so it is a constant and cognizant unlearning Mm -hmm. of things that have just gone into your brain that you didn't realize. Um, And I think people get really defensive sometimes. We can get into this. Absolutely. Um, They get defensive about that because they don't want to believe that's true. But I think that you can really um, let go of the responsibility of it a little bit and know this wasn't wasn't your fault. This wasn't your doing. Yeah. But let's look at how you got here and try and dismantle all of the things that led you to this point. And that is what (sighs) feminism is to me (laughs) oh Jen no and just to kind of take it back and 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 be vulnerable and unfiltered with the podsters when you were saying like oh I thought I was like that for me anyways you know it's it's in the kind of way that I was dating that I had been wronged by men or whatever the other woman were so quick to blame the other woman were so 
quick to, to point the finger at each other. And if there's one thing that you taught me on those, you know, during that nine month period was like, no, we need to band together. You had kind of brought this entire group of women together, whether you want to like take, like you did Jen. And luckily we were a group of women that were open to listening Mm-hmm. And we were already a group of women that, that a lot of them were already feminists. Like, let's not, you know, let's just say how it is. Um, but there was so much education and good conversations that went into it that we were able to break down those walls and talk so freely about the patriarchy and misogyny. And like, like you said, it's like, are you kidding? Even as, as late as like 21, 22, I thought feminism was women being better than men. Like, I will sit here and say it. I did. Mm-hmm. And that's not, again, is it my fault? Yeah, sure. But you, like you said, it's things just going in your brain on the subway here at the club, whatever, you know? So what are like, you know, three to five things? Is there anything that we can do to open those minds and, and peel those layers away and unlearn essentially is what I'm getting at? Yes. Oh my gosh. I got them. I got them. You can write a book, monsters. I truly could. I could write essays. I have, but I could write more. Um, So I think this is, this would be considered five things to mature your feminism. Okay. Amazing. Level up, if you will. Yes. We love to level up on the podcast. (laughs) So we're all here to get better. Continue. (laughs) Amen. I can't shut up. No, I love it. Um, Some of these things are, are, are smaller. We'll try and break them down into smaller things, but they are bigger ideas. So, so stick with me. Um, one, I would say intentionally place yourself in places where you are not centered. Um, so that means seeking out spaces that weren't created for you. Now, very important. Don't center yourself once you're there. Listen. Okay. So what do you mean? So I mean, if you're perhaps uh, a white person, go to a black lives matter March. Um, Okay. That means, what does that mean? It means that you are in a space that is not made for you. You're still invited. You're invited to that space. You're invited to be there, be an ally and be supportive. But you then are somewhere where you're listening to people from different races than you, different backgrounds. Be somewhere that wasn't created to make you feel comfortable in your whiteness specifically. Um, I think this is super important for, like I said, uh, I, I try and speak to a lot of the white feminists who think that they're doing the work, but they're not really doing the work. Um, For sure. No. So there, I think that anywhere, honestly, that you are not comfortable in a good way, like go to a church service or a mosque that you like would not have understood where these people are coming from before. There are so many places that you are welcome, but you are not the center. And yeah. so I think it's very valuable to go to those places, be in those places. It doesn't always have to be in person. It can definitely be virtually, especially in this brave new world. There are so many opportunities um, to put yourself somewhere that's not comfortable. Yeah. Um, and alongside of that is second thing, vary the voices that you're listening to. Um, so look at what you're intaking and say, who is missing from this story? Who am I not hearing from? Whether that's, again, a different race, different gender identity, gender expression, uh, different ability, any type of people with disabilities. You should, it's one of those things where people go, social media is bullshit. I'm like, but is it? If you're following Mm. all these activists, I have seen so many people's minds change by a simple, they asked me, they said, who can I follow? And I sent it to them and I just see their feed change. I see Mm -hmm. their conversation change. And so- I love social media. I think it's a fantastic tool. It's powerful. It's extremely powerful. And you can shape it to be an educational tool for you. Not in a way that sounds, it sounds like that's laborious. It's not, it's not hard at all. You're just scrolling, but you're going to get a take that's different than the one that you've seen. Um, So yeah, vary the voices. Okay. Love it. I feel, I feel like we all thankfully went through a little bit of that last year, but you know, if Absolutely. you're, if you're starting to see that that's quieted down, go back, shake it up, shake it up. Um, Jen will be shaking it up for you guys. So you yeah. might as well get on the train with her. <laughs> um, next number three, uh, this is what we were talking about a little bit. This is to women, uh, specifically refuse to vilify each other, mm. even as you compete. 
So mm-hmm. you remove the patriarchy's power by banding together because they don't yes. want you to band together. It is easier for them if we don't. Um, this can be as simple as you smile at a girl at the gym. I do it all the time. I'm like, I make sure you know, like, hey, I'm on your team. I know. Um, what is that, Jen? It's crazy. And I mean, as artists, we can talk about this. We're in these hyper competitive spaces. And I remember I was auditioning for a show. We were in a dance call and there were these girls, they were behind me and they were whispering to each other. And I saw them like point at me once. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck. They were probably pointing and- at your six pack, but it's fine. Stop. So, <laughs> but you know, you get into a headspace and totally. you start to be defensive and you're like, what are they saying? What is going on? And I caught myself in this horrible dialogue in my own head. And I said, no, no, no. So I turned around and I looked at both of them and I was like, hey, I, I love your earrings. And this girl goes, oh my God, we were talking about how we loved your top. Like Like, immediate change in the room, immediate difference in how I felt, Mm -hmm. how they felt. And it's just one of those things that we have to take the first step, make the choice to not, it's only going to help you and it's only going to help them. Um, I have a, a little sheet on the back of my audition book, my book of songs. And it says in giant letters, so people can see, it says, hey girl, you're going to nail this audition. I believe in you. And I get approached all the time because they're just like, did you put that on you? I was like, yes, I wanted you to see that because you know why? Because if I'm supposed to get this job, I will. If you're supposed to get this job, you will take away this bullshit of we have to fight each other to get here, even in the most competitive spot, which is really what we do. So Um, if I can just touch on that, Jen, it's like mm -hmm. that good old saying other people's successes are not your failures. Mm. And it's so easy to say it, right? Comparison, jealousy, they're all natural feelings. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a sense of it's okay to be competitive, right? Sometimes it helps yeah. you get to the place that you need to be, but you're exactly right. And the same thing goes with manifestation. You can manic manifest what you want, what you need, my goals, me, 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 me. But the minute that you believe in the you getting what you want for the greater good of all, right? And it's going hand in hand with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. If you're meant to get that job, you will get it. Mm -hmm. You know, believe that there is enough to go around, Mm. right? And okay, I'm derailing. Continue. No, you're not. And the thing that I would say is that's one of the ways that they they keep us down. The patriarchy keeps us (sighs) down. But you know what? There is plenty of room at the top when we knock down the white mediocre men because they don't belong there but we all belong there. (laughs) I'm not okay. Not guys. Anytime she says the patriarchy. Oh my gosh. At the top of this episode, I'm going to add a little disclaimer drink. Every time Jen says the patriarchy. Oh no. I'm a, I'm so sorry if you did that and you made it to this point. Oh no. Whatever. This is where we're at kiddos. We have Um, to have a listening party and do it. I'm I'm in. I'm in. Keep going. No, so that's that's the point for for the women. I would say show solidarity and literally it's as simple as smiling at each other and saying like, hey girl, I'm here for you. And um, because that point was towards women, guys, if you are male presenting, um, I know you're thinking like, I don't want girls to think I'm being creepy. Um, instead, the way you show support is by doing an actually chivalrous thing and watching out for women in public. Um, you know, if you're one of the good dudes, one of the not of the not all men, then oh, no. fucking prove it. <laughs> right? Okay, how can they prove it? Easily. Call out dudes at bars that act like assholes. You step in if a girl's being harassed. You help her find someone that she trusts to get her home safely. I see, I see a lot of dudes online whining about chivalry is dead. But you know what? When women are being harassed on the subway at 5 a.m., it's me that gets up and goes and stands next to her. Not the 10 different men who are around. So y'all seem to be real good at butting in on what women are doing. So start butting in on what harassers are doing. I'm just going to chug my drink. I'm going to chug my drink. I'm going to chug my drink for that. Thank you, Jen. You hear that? Not hard. We would love your assistance. We would love your respectful assistance. You call out the men that are not doing the right things. And we'll know that you're one of the ones who are. It's very simple. Very simple. As she takes a sip. Keep going. Only (laughs) at number four. And guys, you can hear the intensity in Jen's voice. Like it's like it's part of the one woman show. She rehearsed this. Keep going. <laughs> um, 
we talked about this a little bit about letting go of the defensiveness of it being about you. Okay. Not, it's not about you. It's systemic. Um, I call myself out aloud for any microaggressions that I have on the, it was just Memorial day in the States mm-hmm. Monday. Um, I assumed a woman would be grilling. No, or I assumed a man, excuse me, would be grilling. No, a woman was. And I was like, why did I assume that? That has no right. merit, has no basis of anything on anything. But that was the picture that I had in my head. I'm going to this barbecue and a man will be at the grill. Hmm. Okay, call that out. I won't do that next time. Great. Right, but that's so, all you're doing is you're noticing the thought, you're accepting it, you're learning, unlearning, whatever you need to do with that thought. Great, step one, done, exactly. done and dusted. But we pass judgment on ourselves about, no. like, I can't believe I thought that. Like, am I a bad feminist? No, you were raised in a society that is sexist. So on some level, we are all sexist. And oh my the gosh. focused work that we do on it, we'll unlearn that. Yeah, I feel like people have understood this concept a little bit more this past year when it comes to racism. That like, no, 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 you, we are all racist. We are unlearning yep. that ingrained racism. Same thing with sexism. Um, so that's number four. You I know, love just, it. Just some light system. Oh my God. It's so light. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so number five, moving from that is then doing the hard work of having a discussion about said societal issues while not accusing the person that you talk to, you're talking to about it. Yeah. So, you know, if you're talking to your partner, if you're talking to any man, I really like to try and differentiate between the patriarchy and men, because then guess what? It's your choice. Who are you going to identify with? Are you going to identify with the patriarchy? Because then you're going to get defensive and you get mad at me. Or are you identifying as just a man and a feminist? Like you get to choose which one you are. Why do people think men can't be feminists? Misogyny. Because feminism is linked to women and through the sexist society that we have, that is automatically lesser. I know. I'm so sorry that I answered your question immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I could see you wanted it to be rhetorical, but it was not. (laughs) No, I'm just like, wow. I just like, I feel so much smarter. It's like half an hour. I'm kidding. Actually, I'm not. Um, Okay. Incredible. So guys, that was quite wordy. Let's, let's just say what it is, right? Like it's a lot of information. Um, but it's important information. And I know that your DMS are always open, Jen, and we're just scratching the surface here. Right. And maybe some of the podsters have heard these things before. Maybe they haven't, you know, even me sitting here, I'm like, Oh, right, 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 right. Challenge yourself tomorrow, tonight. Like Notice those microaggressions, accept, notice, move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Guys, we're leveling the fuck up. Okay. I gave you a lot there. That was a lot. It was a big five. Big five. No, I, I love the big five. I will not shut up about the big five. The big fives of feminism, feminism for dummies and feminism 101. All right, Jen. So We briefly touched on this at the top of the episode. So now that we've kind of broken it down, what it means, what it looks like, what we can do better moving forward, your feminism informs many aspects of your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, we're going to get into fitness, but I want to save that for the end. Okay. Cause Jen is a fitness professional. She's a trainer. I'm not kidding. When I say she, she has a six pack, I'm not kidding. I'm not trying to brag, but like it's I've seen it with my own eyes. So (laughs) I've seen it. So, um, but again, her feminism informs her fitness and that's why I want to listen to her. So tell us how your feminism informs your activism gem and forms your, um, faith and then informs your fitness. Wow. That's a lot. This is the best. No, it's the best. Um, so through feminist breeding and just research and operating within these feminist circles, it obviously led me to uh, leaders of color. Um, There's a word called intersectionality, which means everything is connected, right? So you can't really care about feminism and the equality of the sexes without also caring about equality of the races, without also caring about disability rights, 
without also caring about uh, indigenous rights. There are so many different things and you realize they're all interconnected. Um, So there was really no, there's no way to be a feminist without also interacting with all of these other movements. Um, Obviously the Black Lives Matter movement is um, a big part of this past year. Um, I wish that it had been it should have been a bigger part of my life before this past year, um, but I am happy to say that it's been a big part this um, since George Floyd and since Breonna Taylor. Um, so it's very, very important and really, really challenges you. It levels you up. I just think that we need to, like I said, it's about occupying spaces that are not your own, that are not made to cushion you. And as soon as you see that, you start to recognize over and over how often we really are cushioned as white yeah. people. And um, so a really good example, I think, of what you're touching on is Jen was, you were very active in the marches in New York City. You were very active on social media. And I, I mean, I learned so much from just the things that you were posting and you had a certain video go viral. And yeah, that's amazing. But tell us why that kind of didn't sit well with you. Yeah. So I was getting uh, the very, very cheesy, very typical thing of, I had a lot of people asking me questions. Um, I think it was just because I I was posting a lot. I was out. um, There were so many marches in New York city. You could, I went every day. Um, It was just what I did. Um, And so I had a lot of people asking me questions about like, do you feel safe? Do you, how does it look? Am I actually welcome? predominantly white people asking me questions. And so I decided to make a video just answering these and kind of um, just collecting some of the information that I've been hearing at the actual marches, seeing on social media about how allies should be operating within these spaces. Um, I really didn't expect it to resonate. I mean, you know, viral, quote unquote, but there was quite a lot of people suddenly- No, resharing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And while it was- I was glad because I was like, I wanted this to be helpful. I wanted you, I wanted this to be hopefully an extra voice to say like, you need to be out there. You should be out there. And if there's any silly little fears that I can get out of the way, I'll get them out of the way and come join us because you are wanted and you are needed here. However, it was a, it was a bit of a double-edged sword because like I said, this was just kind of condensing information that had been said. There has, there had been an un ending amount of calls from black leadership from black activists saying we need allies we want you there everyone Mm -hmm. should be in the streets and so the frustration for me was why did it take it coming from my white mouth for you to embrace the message um and so it was interesting it it taught me more about why why are we seeing this i started seeing it more and more with um preachers I started seeing white churches not really engaging until their white preachers started telling them things and I was like what is it about the messaging what is it about our own it's us it's our own preconceived notion about the messenger that we we put this lens over it whether it's it, it can be, it's so complicated. It truly is. But as soon oh, as yeah. I saw like it, I said, we're just scratching the surface. Right? right. But I do think it's important for you to, to outline that. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't want to step out of my, of, out of my lane. And so far as like, I am not a race scholar. I am, I am just here to be an ally, to be a body um, and to hopefully be helpful in translating this to white people and saying, you know what? No, whatever this has been painted as for you, that's not what it is. You are welcome here, but you're not centered here. And it was very interesting that yeah. these white people needed rules. They needed what can I do and what I can't, what can't I do? Oh, because teeny, yeah. this space was not created for them and they didn't know how to operate. They were uncomfortable. That, there. that they means were uncomfortable. That up to this point, that means that up to this point in your life, mid twenties, every space had been created for you until now. And you didn't know what to do. Yeah. Oh my God. No. And it's, it's so important. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. And I'm just going to let that hang there. All right, podsters. It is time to move on to how Jen's feminism informs her faith. Now, 
full discretion, unfiltered version of myself. I have a little more of a complicated relationship with faith. I am very spiritual. I do believe in, I believe in a lot of things, but Jen has a more direct path with her faith. And I think at the end of the day, no matter what you believe in, it is so important. We, if there's anything we fucking talked about on this episode, open your ears and your eyes and listen to what people have to say and their experiences and see how that informs their lives. So take it away, Jen. Yes. Thank you. So yeah, I am a faithful person. I am a Christian. Um, but the Jesus that I know uh, is not white. He does not think that women need to be docile. There's kind of this weird fan fiction Jesus that people have made up and Mm -hmm. he has blue eyes and a beard and he's white and he carries a gun. Like, I'm not really sure what Americans are doing over here. Um, (laughs) but that is not actually what's in scripture. So this is not me trying to make Christianity feminist. It's going, Hey, what's in the, what's in the text. Um, and I don't know if you know this, Jeannie, the longest recorded one-on-one conversation that Jesus had in scriptures with a woman. Mm-mm. I didn't and know that. He does not talk with her about like everyday things. He talks to her about her life and he has a theological and political discussion with her and asks her opinion. Um, there's a book called Jesus Feminist and it's gorgeous and brilliant. And it talks about how Jesus is not just the perfect human, which is of course a Christian idea, but the perfect man. And how he actually disrupts the patriarchy of the time at almost every turn and chooses to value women in a way that just didn't happen in that era. Um, huh. Yeah. So the end of this, of this Bible story that I was referencing, this is in John, uh, the end of this, his discussion with this woman ends with the other disciples coming in. And they, it says in the text, like they were shocked to see him talking to a woman, but none <sighs> of them... None of them had the nerve to ask, why are you talking to her? So first of all, they couldn't fathom that he cared about what she had to say. But by leading the way, he challenged their idea of patriarchy and kind of set this new standard of, no, she has value. And that's what I'm going to exemplify. So it's kind of like a concrete example. But for me, it's about peeling back the layers of patriarchy that have been put on the Bible and on Jesus through the years and examining the lens with which I was taught those stories in the first place, which was predominantly by what straight older white men, they don't pick the same things to teach that might resonate with you. Mm -hmm. So by finding different teachers, by finding different texts, like there's a bigger, much more important story to be found. And it is uh, much more feminist than they want us to believe. Oh, Jen. And I think the reason why I have a complicated relationship with faith, because I was taught the Bible as well, um, is because of that. Moving on. So the final tidbit of this epic interview, guys, Jen, you are a fitness professional. She launched her small business this past year during the pandemic. Isn't that right? Um, and she's a bar instructor. She works at physique in New York city. And, um, you're actually the one who got me into training on the ship and we trained together and you saw all of a sudden this like little two pack started forming. I don't have it anymore, but you know, you were a witness of that a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I absolutely love the, um, platform that you've launched JA fitness. It stands for Jennifer Arson fitness and, Jen, you are standing the fuck out because, and I'll tell you why, you have introduced this term, skinny privilege, to me anyways. I don't want to say that you came up with it. I'm not sure where it came from, and maybe you can explain, but all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what? There's white privilege. Yeah, okay, cool. I Great, got that. Skinny privilege? So mm-hmm. again, tell us how feminism informs your fitness journey. Yeah. Bless. I definitely did not come up with skinny privilege. <laughs> this is a, this is a term. I just want to make like, sure. Like, yes, I... you did, Jen. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so yeah, I'm, I really love fitness. I love being a bar instructor and I love helping people that, that my company came out of that with just training you, training some other friends on the ship and just wanting to help people along. Um, but what I never really found a good example of was this kind of gray area of fi- gray area of fitness being about physical changes happening 
but not obsessing over about of, of it being about look you know okay. so how can we how can we emphasize that yes I, I want to get stronger I want to see changes happen in my body but we're not going to be married to the scale we're not going to be obsessed over numbers um so I am so proud of so many of my clients who are, are willing to navigate that with me and try and find a healthy middle ground with me because it's hard. It's really hard. And the messaging, the rhetoric in all of the fitness world is really damaging. Um, so that's where skinny privilege comes in there. I had to recognize within myself that, yes, I work hard, but I come from good genes, quote unquote genes that I don't have, you know, any type of obesity that runs in my family. Um, I come from a certain amount of privilege that just led me to have activity throughout my childhood. I was always a dancer. I always had good food. And so I didn't get to be this way just because I'm some amazing person. I, I started off a thin person. This is how I, I look. Um, and so recognizing that there is going to be a certain ease that comes with having this, frankly, also Eurocentric idea of beauty. And that ah. is typically thin. Um, and so it's about recognizing that and saying that like, I didn't, I didn't do anything to earn this. Again, it's so intersectional. It's the same, it's exactly like you said, it's, it's white privilege. You understand that it's about the absence of obstacles. It's not mm-hmm. that I don't work hard, but I didn't have to overcome other obstacles. Um, and so absence of obstacles, let's just say that again, it's the absence of the obstacles. It was already easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was already easy. And so acknowledging that and not making it about me, how I look, I look this way. You should look this way. Do exactly what I do. And you'll look the way I do. That's ridiculous. That's not how bodies work. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) so it's, it's been an unlearning within myself of trying to remove a lot of the, uh, triggering rhetoric from talking about fitness. You're not going to hear me say things about like get rid of those thighs. Let's focus on your stomach. This is all about your bikini. And I love that we're starting to move away from that. We're starting to call that out. We're starting to say anybody is a summer body, but there's still so many damaging things that have hurt people over the years that make them not even want to try and pick up a weight, not even want to try and do this. And that's so sad because there are so many other reasons to be strong, fit, and able. And that has to do with longevity. Like I try and have people focus really far into the future. Like, do you want to dance at your kid's wedding? Of course you do. Do you want to pick up your grandchildren? Of course you do. So like, we are trying to stay fit, healthy, active for that, for this long-term as opposed to the six pack, you know? And aesthetic goals are fine. Aesthetic goals are fine. But when they start to pull you down and then it's not helpful. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And it's, it's interesting because even within myself, I, again, very similar upbringing was always thin, always dancing, always eating good food, supportive parents, healthy home, you know? So I will redirect all the podsters to your platform just because And another thing too, like, not to just ramble, but like the COVID of it all, the mm-hmm. pandemic patty, the um, COVID bod. It's like we survived a fucking pandemic where we were forced to sit at home mm-hmm. for months, mm-hmm. not weeks, months. Yeah, no shit. The activity of daily living, literally ADL is a thing that you just <laughs> get this much work in by being a human that all went way, 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 way down during the pandemic because, you know, New York City or Toronto, you're probably clocking three miles a day, just getting where you need to go. Totally. Suddenly three miles a day gone. How much is that a week? How much is that a month? How much is that? Like it added up. And like I said, I do think the rhetoric is starting to change and I love millennials for it. I love Gen Z for it. I love calling it out and saying, wait a second, that's bullshit. Let's, let's not do that. Um, but it has already done a significant amount of damage, um, I think. And especially the older generations, they've been so damaged. They don't know that they continue to inflict that trauma with, you know, you when you see that one aunt and they're like, oh, honey, 
have you put on some and you're like okay 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 no and and, no. and you definitely taught me that and a number of the women that I worked with on the ship or in in the past have changed my own narrative surrounding that you look good you don't know how that person lost weight. They could have a fucking mm. thyroid condition. Why are mm. you telling them that they look good because they lost weight? It's always going to go back to intersectionality for me, honestly, mm-hmm. because there, along with skinny privilege, there's a bunch of different things. The body positivity movement is actually not really for thin women. It's for bigger women. It was started um, for that. And then there's also a movement called body neutrality, which is when you don't think about your body. You just actively, it's, it's not something that goes into your head. There are so many different healthy things around it. And once you start entering in, you're going to get into really, really interesting and helpful spaces. Body neutrality, if you follow Jamila Jamil, which you should. Jen, she decides that she never- I've never heard that term. Let me just say it. Body neutrality? I never have. What are you talking Babe. about? <sighs> No, I love you. And I, I'm not the best ambassador for this, but I, I do love the idea. Body neutrality is literally about, I, I just don't think about it. And so Jamila Jamil and her uh, program, her podcast about I Weigh, will talk about measuring your success in something different. She goes, I don't measure my weight. I measure my bank account and my orgasms. <laughs> that is how she measures it. Sweetie, and I can get on board. That's all you have That's what she to said. Say. She's like, how do I weigh myself? I weigh myself in this as opposed, and it's just about saying, it's a, it's honestly, it, it's revolutionary in the way that it doesn't even make sense. Because you're like, what do you mean? I'm not going to think about my body. <sighs> oh, wow. I just popped my mic because I'm like stressed. <laughs> I'm like breathing out. Girl, I'm giving you way, I'm giving you a lot of things. There's a lot. You're giving so much. And you know what that means, Jen? You're just going to have to come back. So I think that is an amazing way to end this interview. We unpacked a shit ton. I understand that that is probably overwhelming for some people. It's overwhelming for me. Again, keep calling yourself out, guys. I just did. Don't know what body neutrality is. Jen, tell me. There is no fucking shame in not knowing. There is shame in not wanting to know. There is shame in ignorance. Me? Come for it. Yes, because in this day and age, it's not that hard to find out. So just do it. Really? It's not that hard? Your hand, your fucking hand is your phone at this point. I have carpal tunnel from the amount I text. Jen, where can we find you? <laughs> oh my goodness. So luckily, you can, you can break me up in chunks. <laughs> so if you want more of the... <laughs> If you're looking for more of just the fitness stuff, you can follow J underscore A underscore fitness on Instagram. And then if you're looking for more of that feminism, it's going to be on my regular at Jennifer Arpston. Yes, I will include it in the show notes. Now, guys, Jen is rehearsing her one-woman show in Naples. So if you want to check that out, you can actually stream it Mm -hmm. through the Bristol Valley Theater. Isn't that right? That is correct. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be losing my mind being fully not okay for an hour and 20 minutes. Babe, I am not okay. I need to go decompress with a bath. I'm like, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge. Again, guys, you know where to find Jen. Her DMs are always open, as are mine. And I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. Blessed to be with the Podsters. Ciao, ciao. Love you.